Hello, we're Gail and Claire, co-founders of Peopletopia. Welcome to our podcast, Brilliant Bosses. Peopletopia was set up with a very simple principle. No one deserves a rubbish boss. Having experienced this ourselves, we know what a difference it makes to employ productivity, well-being, and ultimately, company profitability. We'll talk about our experiences of brilliant bosses and the things that they do well, with loads of takeaways to help you to get the best from the people that you work with. We will tell you some theory about the topics that we cover, but mostly we'll be giving you practical hints and tips that you can take away to help you to be brilliant. Welcome to this Brilliant Bosses podcast. This time our subject is, I'm a people leader, why should I care about EQ? It's one of those phrases, seems to be in vogue at the moment, everyone's talking about leadership and EQ, but what the heck is it and why should I care about it? Yeah, that's right, Gail. There's a lot of research into how our EQ or emotional intelligence is a critical factor in strong and successful leadership. So can we start with a bit of a definition? What is EQ? Um, emotional intelligence kind of has two key factors. It's the ability to recognize your own emotions, but also to understand how to manage them and how to understand the way in which they impact others. So someone with high emotional intelligence would use that knowledge to positively impact those around them, to communicate and interact better and, and, and to empathize more effectively. Right. So it's recognizing and acknowledging my own emotions and also understanding the impact I have on others. Exactly right. Yeah. And it's the second part of that understanding about how I impact other people and managing my emotions in a positive way that I think is really critical to EQ. It's not about showing how you feel in an, in an unfiltered way or with no regard for those around you. Okay, interesting. So I guess those managers and leaders that we meet who say things like, ah, oh, you always know where you are with me, and I'm not afraid to express my emotions, they're not really showing emotional intelligence. If they're moody, reactive, explosive, or even sulky and manipulative. Yeah, that's right, quite. Um, it's the managing of the emotions that's so important. So I would say that we probably all know people who could do with managing their emotions more effectively. And I think most of us would admit to needing to do that better at times. That is especially important in a people leadership role. That's because you need to be steady, you need to be predictable, and no one should have to pick their moment with you. No one should have to check what kind of mood you're in before asking for help or before having to share bad news with you. Any sense of unpredictability just makes you unapproachable. I think you're right. Probably most of us have experienced that at work, knowing someone who's on the volatile side and having to tread really carefully around them. So does it mean that I should really hide how I feel? No, not at all. Um, it means that, for example, if I'm angry, I don't shout at people. I don't lose my temper. But I could say I feel quite angry about that. Let me have some time to think about it and decide what I should do next. OK, so how about some stats? What's the evidence and why should we bother focusing on our EQ? Well, let's start with the fact that EQ is said to be four times more reliable than IQ when it comes to predicting career success. So those with the higher EQ do better. 90% of top performing employees have high emotional intelligence. Um, and there's a US study reported by Vantage Circle that stated for every additional point in your EQ score, 
that equates to an additional $1,300 in your annual salary. Harvard Business School reports that leaders with empathy perform over 40% higher in employee engagement. Wow. Um, and people who have a manager with high EQ rather are four times less likely to resign than those with lower EQ managers. On top of all of that, if you have high EQ, you're more likely to be promoted, you're more likely to be hired in the first place, you're more likely to perform well in your role, and you're more likely to be productive. Wow. Um, yeah, they're really compelling stats, but we can even put those stats aside for a moment and think about the fact, I think it's about considering the experience of others. And I think that's the most compelling argument for working on your EQ as a manager or leader. So there are some really compelling stats there, Claire. But what do you mean by um, the most thinking about the way the experience of others? What do you mean by that? The way I behave around others or the way I treat other people? Um, if you think about the people who have to work for you, if you are volatile, unpredictable, or if you're constantly kind of leaking your emotions in an unfiltered way, think about what that experience is like. It's likely to feel a bit unsafe, it's likely to create worry. It's going to diminish trust. Building your EQ is your responsibility as a leader. You need to behave in a way that helps people to trust you, helps people to feel safe around you, um, and to know that you'll respond rather than be reactive. You are absolutely bound to get better results. And most important of all, you're going to have a team of people who feel happier and safer to work around you. I see that. I think most of us have experienced people at work who don't behave in a way that demonstrates high EQ. And it's a really stressful workplace. It's really stressful to be around people like that. Mm. It, it, it can be. And, and sadly, there are far too many people that can talk about those kind of experiences. Definitely. So those are really compelling arguments for focusing on our EQ. But what if we have low EQ? Does it mean that our career is doomed? <laughs> Uh, luckily not at all so the really great thing about emotional intelligence is that you can build it and you can improve upon it much more so than something like IQ um, it's not a set static thing um, the important thing is to work on it and focus on it rather than just accept that yours is lower than you'd like so banish those phrases like I wear my heart on my sleeve it is not a badge of honor to be leaking your emotions in that way so some people are naturally more expressive than others, and that's absolutely fine. It's about thinking about the way how you choose to express yourself and how that impacts others and making conscious, proactive choices about it. Mm, absolutely. It's about the choice and making the choice. I think it can be helpful to know that EQ, according to Daniel Goleman, who's considered the kind of grandfather of emotional intelligence, he says that it has five elements. And those elements are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. I think that's a really helpful way of breaking it down to those elements. And it helps us identify some actions I could take to build up my own emotional intelligence. Mm, and you can choose to act on it and build it. So working on self-awareness, is that where we should start? 
Yeah, I think it's a really good place to start. Um, I was reading some information just recently. Uh, Tasha Yurek, who's an organizational psychologist, says that when asked, 95% of people would describe themselves as self-aware, but in reality, only 10 to 15% of people actually are. So I think self-awareness is a great place to start. And that's a lot of people whose own view doesn't match with the outside world. So focusing on building my self-awareness, it could mean maybe asking for more feedback and actually listening to it yeah. or making an active effort to consider how I come across to others, assessing how people react to different things that I do, or even, I suppose, psychological, psychometric testing. Mm, yeah, um, they're all great ideas and all of those support that first element, but they're also helpful in the second element, which is self-regulation. So understanding um, with self-awareness and then managing my reactions, make again, making conscious choices, filtering what I have to say, all in the interest of working better with others. So I may need to give myself time to reflect and consider before making snap decisions. I might need to focus on responding rather than reacting. Is, that re is it really that easy though to regulate ourselves? A lot of people say no, but most people do it already. And it's just a case of applying what you know in a different situation. So the example that I use when I'm talking to leaders is, Gail, imagine yourself, you're barefoot, be gentle with our audience, but uh, let's imagine that you step on an upturned plug. Talk to me about how you'd react to that. Uh, I suppose it's going to hurt a lot, isn't it? That is quite a painful thing to do. So if I was in a room by myself, I would probably hop around on one foot for a considerable amount of time. And there would probably be some expletives that came out. Mm -hmm. But if I was in a workshop in front of other people, in front of family, in front of my nine-year-old daughter, I guess I would moderate that behavior. You probably wouldn't catch me swearing. So I might still do a little bit of hopping around, but the expletives would be replaced by, my goodness, that hurt quite a lot. Yeah, and so, that's self-regulation. Yeah. So, so most people do it already. You know, we we may not have the same conversation in front of our grandmother that we would have in front of our friends. You know, we may not have the same conversation in professional capacity or use the same language in a professional capacity as we would if we were at the pub with our friends. That's self self-regulation. So this stepping on a plug example is about having a strong emotion. And instead of just releasing it unfiltered, we make a choice about the best way to respond. Okay, excellent. So remind me about the other elements of EQ. The next one is motivation. So this is about knowing how you're motivated, which is important for everyone, but also being able to motivate yourself. It's really important that you can see motivation as a choice and that you make a choice to be motivated rather than just assuming that it's everybody else's responsibility or that it's purely an external factor. Um, after motivation, there are two other um, elements, and those are empathy and social skills, both of which you can work on to improve. So empathy is an interesting one. It treads a really fine line between sympathy and true empathy. How would you define the difference? It's really hard to define the difference. Um, so I've read a lot around it. I guess sympathy is about feeling sorry for someone. Empathy is feeling with someone. That's the translation. Um, in psychology today, they sum it up as sympathy is feeling a sense of sadness or feeling sorry for someone, whereas empathy is considered a deeper connection. It's about sharing an emotional experience. 
And I think that the key with these is that sharing empathy for someone or feeling sympathy for someone can both come from a really caring place. But we do need to make sure that we keep focus on other people at such a time rather than changing focus to ourselves. So to give you an example of that, rather than, oh, you've had a row with your boss, that's awful. I know exactly how you feel. When that happened to me, what I did was, and suddenly it's all about your story. What we might say is, you've had a row with your boss. I'm really sorry to hear that. How can I help? Or how are you feeling? So putting that focus back on that person. Instead of taking it for ourselves. And we see that happen a lot, don't we? Where the focus switches from you to me because I've had a similar experience, which I want to tell you about. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So in practical terms, what do I need to do in order to build my EQ? Right. So there are four key areas that I would suggest looking at. There's self-management, self-awareness, which we started to talk about. Then there's social awareness and relationship management. So I would suggest that you focus on one at a time. So start with self-management. And what you can do there is know when you're at risk of losing control of your emotions. Notice what's going on around you and take steps to manage it. So that might mean walking away from a difficult situation to give yourself time to breathe and come back, taking some deep breaths. Everybody talks about breathing and counting to 10 when they're angry. There's a reason that everyone talks about that and it's actually quite effective. Um, it allows us to delay our response. When it comes to self-awareness, it's recognizing the feelings that you're experiencing, understanding how they're impacting you and others around you. And activities such as practicing mindfulness, journaling, reflection can be really helpful with that. Social awareness, that's all about recognizing the feeling, reactions and body language of those around you. I guess it's about reading the room. So Kobe calls that listening with your eyes. And I think that's a brilliant description, uh, listening with your eyes. That's great social awareness. Um, relationship management, which is the final element. Think about what are you actively doing to build positive, effective relationships with those that you communicate and interact with? Rather than just letting things happen around you and be as they are, what choices are you making? And Stephen Covey has some great information on, he calls it the emotional bank account. And I really recommend looking that up. It's in his uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but it's a great way to look at building positive relationships. We're big fans of the Seven Habits, aren't we? We are. We are. So it sounds quite complicated. Is there a really simple place for me to start? It can be complicated, but actually breaking it down and choosing a few simple activities to start with can really help you building your in building your EQ. Um, so I would suggest starting with reflecting. Um, we have all experienced a moment when we've let our emotions take over. We might have lost sight of logic or reason at that moment. That might be because we're angry or because we're upset and highly emotional. And those moments are when we're not using our EQ. And what they have in common is some sense of regret afterwards. When we allow those emotions to take over unfiltered, we often don't end up feeling very good about ourselves. So how will that help me? Um, I think it's thinking about what's led to that loss of control, not just in the moment, but what else was going on. So I've experienced that, you know, you've you've had a bad day, you come in, somebody says something to you. And it's often that that sense of that's the straw that broke the camel's back. 
Yeah, exactly. So understanding when you're at risk, noticing, is it because you're tired? Is it when you're under time pressure and knowing that you might be more at risk of losing control in those moments? That's a really big step towards self-awareness, because then you can start to think about what to do about it. You know, what you would you do differently if it happened again? What would the different outcome be? And then it's a case of practicing what you know or what you've learned or what you've rehearsed in your mind. Brilliant. So does a higher EQ always make it easier to interact with others then? Sadly, no. Um, so as an example, have you ever chosen not to tell someone something because it's too difficult? So, yes. So someone's upset me. They ask me if I'm OK and I say, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I think it's the biggest lie in the English language. I'm fine. It, you know, runs through, every, permeates every relationship, I think. And exactly that. So choosing to say that everything's fine when actually it's not, is not an emotionally intelligent thing to do. Sometimes we choose to do it because we don't want the row that might ensue, but actually it's not emotionally intelligent to pretend that everything's fine when it's not. An action that might suggest higher EQ would be to say something like, actually something you did earlier really upset me can we talk about it and that can be really difficult yeah it, the eq doesn't mean easier it can be really hard to imagine uh, sorry to manage your emotions and to filter your responses but with practice it becomes easier and it will lead to much more positive stronger helpful working relationships Brilliant. So now is a really good point for our one minute brilliant review. Number one, we should recognize both elements of emotional intelligence. So recognizing and acknowledging emotions and understanding the impact that they have on others. Two, EQ is not about hiding or smothering how I feel. It's about expressing it, but in a way that's helpful to those around me and to myself. Number three, a higher EQ has impact on personal performance, career potential and organisational success. And four, there's a correlation between EQ and earnings. So it's well worth working on it. Number five, if I want to work on it, I should consider self-management, self-awareness, social awareness and relationship management. Number six, a simple tip to get started is to notice when I've lost control, reflect on what caused it and identify what I will do differently next time. And seven, the great news is, is that you can build and improve on your EQ. You can. And that's a brilliant summary, Gail. So if you'd like another reminder of those Be Brilliant tips, you can find a downloadable version on our website. You'll find us on LinkedIn with our regular posts about all things leadership and management and follow Peopletopia on LinkedIn. We offer a range of programmes for existing and aspiring leaders and managers. So let us know if you'd like to find out more. You'll find out all our info on our website or through LinkedIn. And join us next month for another Brilliant Bosses podcast. But now you should be able to say with confidence, I'm a leader. I know why and how to build brilliant emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm.